one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice Welcome to the One Mic, One Voice show, Building the Collective Conscious, a show that is created to give space where your voice, ideas, and informed opinions can be heard, appreciated, and debated. I am Michael Eric Owen. And I am DT, and this is our 100th episode. Man, this is 100. One to the double O. To the double O. There you go. (laughs) Round of applause, everybody. There you go. There you go. Uh, It's exciting. Um... To reach this mark, uh, a lot of work has been put in. Uh, we've traveled, we've uh, been in multiple venues, uh, we've had uh, dynamic guests on the show, and uh, and so it's today, folks. We want to welcome all our listeners first of all, um, and welcome uh, not just locally but internationally. Uh, we have over uh, eighteen thousand followers, and so we're we're excited to get this conversation on and and, and to uh, put this one behind us, D. Now the people have been waiting, Mike. <laughs> they've, been, <laughs> they've been waiting. <laughs> they've been they've been waiting for us to reach this mark. But um, you know, today uh, the show is laid out like this. We're going to um, on the second half of the show, we're going to go into me and DT going to reflect upon our journey up until this point but listen folks to start off with um you know we are so fortunate with everything that's going on uh in our country today uh there's conversations that we've had on here uh that we need to continue to have on here and we have uh Iman and Chansi, the uh OCU chairman of Mercy Chair of Islamic Studies here with us and we also have my good friend, our good friend, already a friend of the show, uh, Adam Sotani. He's the executive director of CARE Oklahoma. And, and you know, welcome Matt, back. Brother. Welcome back. Thank you. Brother. Thank and, you. Uh, it's good to be back. And I, I, I'm here to tell you, you know, that show we did with you the last time, we got a lot of positive feedback. That's good to I hear. mean, you educated a lot of people and I'm glad um, to hear that. and that's the essence of what we try to do here on one mic one voice is is also to educate people and uh and and me me and Iman we we've met before so uh I just I I tried to friend him on Facebook man what I got to do I mean you know what you know tell me what I got to do in order to get the approval uh to 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 be a friend on Facebook it's, with you I I'm uh, my Facebook is uh, full I, I have those private yeah. uh, private page you just have to yeah. follow me I Stay. But I'll, I'll go ahead and follow you. So okay, no, no I appreciate it. But <laughs> welcome bad. to the show. Thank you. Thank you, know, you for having um, us. We we know you, but talk a little bit about um, you know what do you do? And um, Adam, why don't you start? Talk okay. a little bit about care and so forth, and and we'll move forward. Well, thank you for having us. Uh, you know, Council on American Islamic Relations or CARE Oklahoma. I got to clarify that because there's another CARE apparently that has been uh, enslaving people mm. to work on a chicken farm in, in oh, northeast okay. Oklahoma. So that's C A A I R. We don't that we're not that. We're right. the Council on American Islamic Relations, but uh, we're a civil rights advocacy group. Okay. So we work to protect the rights of the Muslim community mm-hmm. in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, we also work to advocate for uh, not only 
you know, the rights of Muslims, but just uh, recognition of the community in a positive light. Mm-hmm. Um, we have now a government affairs department, and so we do a lot uh, of advocacy at the Capitol, uh, trying to advocate with our legislators, trying to ensure that no laws are passed that target or, or discriminate against the Muslim community. Okay. Uh, we do a lot of outreach with the media um, and, and with, with the community, speaking at universities, churches, and synagogues. So we're, we're all over the place just trying to ensure that the quality of life for the Muslim community in Oklahoma is as good as it can possibly be. Great, great, great. Iman? Well, um, you know, it's hard. It's hard. My son always asks me, what do you do, Dad? I said, I'm, I'm a full-time agitator. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Um, as, as I'm a senior imam at the Islamic Society of Greater okay. Oklahoma City, so uh, for the lack of term, I'm clergy, but also I'm the chair of Islamic studies at Oklahoma City University. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to agitate our community to stand up and give voice to those who are not, or who does not have any voice, to those who are voiceless. And as a, as a professor, uh, I try to agitate my students uh, to think outside of the box. Um, I've been in Oklahoma City for uh, quite a while, mm. and um, I've been a senior imam at, at the Islamic Society since 2004, so I've been at it for a long time. Um, we stand with and um, side, we stand on the side of anyone that um, promote um, uh, civil liberties, civil rights, um, um, human dignity within our city. Uh, this is something that stems straight from our faith. Uh, so uh, we try to practice what we preach. We, we try to talk the talk and walk the walk. And, you know, I, I, you had mentioned, and I was going to ask a question, how long have both of you been here in Oklahoma? I've been in Oklahoma since late 90s. Okay. Uh, I came with my family, and I went to Edmund Santa Fe High School. I went to University of Central Oklahoma. I got my graduate degree from OU, so I figure if I do another degree, it's going to be OSU. I'll just round out the experience. <laughs> yeah, I've been here. I've been here, I guess, about 20 years now. Okay, yeah. wonderful. I've been in Oklahoma since 1988. Uh, came from, uh, from uh, Lubbock, Texas, from the uh, Texas Tech University, straight to Oklahoma City. I was in the restaurant industry for a long time. My office was not far away from here, right on 63rd in May. Um, work in the restaurant industry in the um, human resources and about 2003 2004 I made a move uh, into becoming an imam that's great so you you've seen um, uh, I guess the growth of um, Islam locally um, what com- kind of compare your your early experiences of what was going on in Oklahoma to where we are right now Mm-hmm. Well, I could start since I'm a bit older than Adam, just a <laughs> just little, a little bit. bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> so at one time, uh, there was, um, you know, uh, a mosque, one mosque, maybe two mosques here and there, um, you know, and uh, one person would have wear, worn too many hats, right? Mm-hmm. So um, uh, civil liberties was not something that... Um, um, that was um, that was taken care of by a whole organization like it is now. Um, Friday, we took care of what you know our infrastructure basically, and we took care of uh, our people. And um, that that's you know this this December actually we're celebrating 20 anniversary of our our mosque in here in Oklahoma City. Wonderful. Uh, so from uh, from that one single uh, mosque, and now there's there's more than 14, 15 mosques within the state of Oklahoma. 
There are five uh, between Edmond, Norman, and Oklahoma City. Uh, a mission building, take care of the poor, take care of the needy. Um, we have a free clinic, um, a civil rights advocacy group, um, interfaith group. Um, we have really, um, Islamic work have a multi-faith throughout the whole state. Yeah. That's great. That's great, Adam. Well, I can just—I guess I can give a different perspective because I came as a young person, and I actually didn't start practicing Islam until I was 17 years old. And uh, the, I think the big difference that I see now is that there is a place for people to feel that they belong, okay. whether you're wh- no matter what age you are, whether you're in high school, college, young professional, or you're you're older, your family person have kids. There's a place where you can fit in. There are organizations that can serve your needs, that can provide social belonging, and and you don't any longer feel isolated, mm-hmm. like like I kind of felt when I was younger and had just converted. Luckily, I had a good group of friends. But those groups of friends were, were mainly um, international students. Okay. And after 9-11, with all the kind of societal, you know, uh, the atmosphere of, of hate against Muslims and, and uh, not w- the lack of willingness to bring more students in, they had to leave. Mm. Um, and so I, I experienced that for a few years in the early 2000s, that, that really social isolation, because I no longer had friends and there weren't really organizations where you could feel that you belong. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, you bring up a, my next point that I really wanted to go to. I mean, this animosity that we're seeing nationally uh, that that we talked about the last time right. you were on the show right. that has continued. And uh, we we have a current president that uh, I mean, he, he insults every not not just religion, but uh, every ethnicity, yeah. I think, on the planet, except for white nationalistic mm. people, right, or the white supremacists. So um, talk a little bit about just your observation of, of where we're at, where we're heading, and, and how, how do we change this trajectory? Well, um, I don't know if you're aware, but you have, according to one state legislator, the two biggest terrorists in Oklahoma City in the room with you. Yeah. <laughs> we actually we've debated as to who, who's number one and who's number two you know and I told the imam I said you're older so you get number one well, that's right. seniority but but that that really speaks to where we're at right now uh, that was um, right around the, the right before the elections in 2016 okay. myself and imam and Chasi, we sat at the state capitol alongside our friends the reverend dr. William Tabernay who's the head of the Oklahoma mm-hmm. Conference of Churches Rabbi Vered Harris from Temple B'nai Israel, uh, Dr. Carl Rubenstein from Interfaith Alliance. I mean, these are people that had large organizations, very well respected. And we sat alongside them while a state legislator whose salary is paid by our tax dollars pointed the finger at us and wrongly, falsely accused us of being terrorists without proof, without allowing us a chance to respond, and said that, our friends in the interfaith community were complicit in our actions. Mm. And our response, of course, is, well, if they're complicit in our actions, they're, then they're complicit in our, our charitable contributions yeah. and giving back to society and the good we do. But the fact that a legislator can do that with our tax dollars, I think, really shows where we're at. And, of course, Donald Trump's a whole different story, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah. with the travel bans targeting Muslim countries. Uh, I mean, this past week with, the, with those whole retweets of those videos, that I was know. just— that was- how far can you go before somebody stops you? Yeah. You know, but this is just the atmosphere we live in. Iman, your thoughts? Well, we just celebrated Thanksgiving the other day. And, um, you know, in my living room area or, or in my dining room, you, I have every ethnicity you could think of. 
So my ancestors come from Egypt, so I am African-American. Uh, my, I, my father is uh, Palestinian. My mother is Syrian. I was born in Lebanon. Uh, my in-laws are Cheyenne Indians and um, um, uh, Caucasian. Um, we sit on a table to eat Thanksgiving dinner, um, and our conversation has always been very uh, interesting. So we talk about the Trail of Tears. We talk about slavery. We talk about immigration. Um, you know, the Mexican part of my family talks about immigration. But at the end of the day, we sit down and we pray and we eat because we're a family and because everybody has a seat on the table. This whole last election has been personal because every ethnicity in my family has been attacked. I might add that my daughter is also a, uh, a reporter, so uh, a female and a reporter. So you could, you could add all these yeah. uh, ethnicities I have in my house. Be, somehow we're being taught or be, we're being told that you know, um, um, not everybody have a seat on the table. And definitely um, in my family, everybody have a seat on the table. Uh, the point I'm trying to make here that I have never seen our country this divided before based on ethnicity, color, nationality, you know, national origin and so on. And those last um, uh, episode of Muslim ban and, and, and the, um, um, uh, him retweeting those, those videos just really, really amplify Islamophobia. Now it's perfectly it, – it seems like it's perfectly fine uh, for people to bash Islam and Muslims because – you know, the highest office in our nation mm. making it okay. Um, and, and I might add, you know, the office of the presidency is, is, is a lot larger than, than those who occupy it at this point. Yeah. And the numbers reflect that. You know, the numbers have been increasing from 2015 to now. The numbers of anti-Muslim hate crimes and, and, and anti-Muslim incidences are just off the charts. There were more in 2016 than 2015, and we saw more in just the first three months of this year than we saw in 2016. So the numbers are just unbelievable, and, and people are scared. I mean, we get calls all the time where people are afraid to leave their house. People are afraid to travel. People are afraid to, to, to just be themselves in public because they're worried about their own safety. I might add, Adam, that... You know, as a, as a professor of um, Islamic studies, I teach a course about Islam in America. So the vast majority of Muslims in the United States are African-Americans, mm -hmm. 33%. And this is an ethnicity has, that has been marginalized. This is an ethnicity has been, um, uh, you know, went through uh, the civil rights movements and so on. And, and, and like one of my uh, really um, good friend who's African-American imam, he says in the civil rights liberties, uh, when we were going for civil rights and standing for civil rights, I had to sit in the back of the bus. Now, as a Muslim, I can't even get on the bus. Mm. So it's a double yeah. whammy in some instances for the vast majority of Muslims in this nation who happen to be African-Americans. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that is a... Um a lot to digest, folks. Um, we want to hear from you. Uh, definitely. Uh, send us your comments. Yeah, send us send your comments, questions. We're sitting uh, with the leaders right now. Right now. As we speak. As we speak. So, folks, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. This is Josh K. And I am Leah Marie. And when we listen to podcasts, we always listen to One Mic, One Voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. Your choice. 
This is Richard Taplin, host of Blackest Studios, The Black Box. Join Elijah Belly and myself as we interview entrepreneurs as they share their stories of passion and how it motivates them to strive forward. We also explore new topics on self-improvement. If you want to listen to our show, simply search Blackened Studios on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, or Stetcher. And be sure to follow us at Blackest Studios on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to catch all the shows that record here at Blackest Studios, simply go to the website, blackenstudios.com. And remember, it's Blackest. All right, welcome back, folks. Oh, man. Um, in the studio with uh, our good friends uh, sharing um, an inside look into the faith, uh, into the day-to-day operations, the challenges. But you know what? They, they, they are Americans, just like me, just like D, just like Richard, just like you listening. Or you might be, uh, you know. You might be Kenyan, or I'm not. I'm not discounting wherever you're listening from, but uh, we happen to be in America. But there, there are so many positive things that the, that the Muslim community does. I mean, we, and, and I want to get into how we should react uh, in a bit here. That when we see something negative happen in our country, um, but I'll caveat that by saying that that the majority of of domestic terrorism is by white males. Okay, let me just mm-hmm. plug that one in there. But let's talk about the positive, the interfaith things that you're doing in the community and nationwide. Well, since I'm older than Adam again, <laughs> he loves to hear that. By the way, um, it, it's it's funny you started with with saying about um, uh, white supremacy because. Mm-hmm. This is Oklahoma and the largest terrorist attack. The only terrorist attack we have in our soil was perpetrated by Timothy McVeigh. And because of that, uh, the Interfaith Alliance started right after the 1995 uh, bombing in, in, in the Alfred Mayer Building, downtown Oklahoma City. So we are ahead of the nation, so to speak, on our interfaith work. I know it's hard to believe sometimes Oklahoma leads the nation on interfaith work, but we do. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many interfaith um, uh, uh, organizations within Oklahoma City, and we work with one another. Mm. We support one another. Um, and and, and um, um, I, might, I might add that, you know, uh, even, you know, the, you might even see those groups that might not get along, but the Muslims and the Jewish communities are allies of one another mm. as well. Um, the Jewish community have actually stood by us um, mm. uh, in, in, in a way that is reflective to the, to the two communities. They stood by us when we went to the state capitol um, uh, to teach our kids about uh, their civic engagement. Um, we, we, you know, I say the story, I'm going to keep saying it until the day I, I die, that I've been escorted inside the state capitol as many of the haters were outside thinking that we shouldn't be there, that somehow we're desecrating the grounds. And I've been... I was I was escorted by two rabbis, happened to be female rabbis, and they escorted me into the people's house. One of them was nine months, pre- almost nine months pregnant, and I looked at her. I said, "Sub-zero temperature. What are you doing?" She yeah. said, "Well, I know what hate feels like. Yeah. Interfaith work, social work. Yeah. Um, um, you know, we have free clinics in Oklahoma City. Yeah. We have um, a food pantry in Oklahoma City. We have uh, a, a women's shelter in Oklahoma City, all run by Muslims. Yeah. I might add, fourteen percent." Of American of of Oklahoma doctors are Muslim, so when a, a what state was our percentage again fourteen percent nationwide is twelve percent. Um, Oklahoma we have fourteen percent. You're more likely to meet a Muslim at a at a at a um, you know in a hospital 
um, you know, to actually touch your heart, yeah. and mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Zodi is down uh, Institute. He's the one who brought actually heart transplant to Oklahoma. Mm. Um, so when a state representative call us cancer, mm. literally, you know, my answer to him was the only the only word that's associated with cancer are about eight Muslim doctors who are trying to find a cure for cancer. Mm. Yeah. yeah, you know, uh, just to give you an idea of, of how much harmony there is between the faith community. So, so I think there you see a lot of animosity in terms of, you know, when people say hateful things, controversial things, the news picks up on that. What they don't always pick up on are the beautiful things that do happen. So a few weeks ago, early November, I stood on the stage of the Oklahoma Conference of Churches annual dinner, mm-hmm. one of the largest Christian organizations in our state, as a Muslim, mm-hmm. and I presented the Interfaith Leadership Award to Rabbi Verit Harris, mm-hmm. a Jewish woman, mm-hmm. a Jewish woman spiritual leader. Yeah. That, I think, is a testament mm-hmm. to how much harmony there is mm-hmm. in our state, that I could actually do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just speaking of, you know, giving back and, and, and the positive contributions of, of the Muslim community and, and, and being joined by all these faith communities, um, we, we, every year, I mean, we're involved in volunteering at the Regional Food Bank of Oklahoma. We're involved in, in volunteering at the Homeless Alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're joined by people of all faith yeah. backgrounds. You know? so, so we're out there trying to do our best to bring people together to do good work. That's what our faith teaches us, and that's the only way things are going to improve. Well, I have to say, man, I have um, we have been a proponent of uh, of standing with our Muslim brothers and sisters on the One Mike's Voice Show. Go Thank through the you. catalog; it's pretty long. Uh, it's about uh, ninety nine other shows, but you you will find it Over in there hours. in defense of uh, not only uh, the individuals but uh, the religion itself. Uh, I've done work with Rabbi Harris; she's a good friend of mine. Uh, I've been up to prayer at the Northeast um, Mosque up there uh, multiple times. And so I, I know the good, okay, that is being done, the love that is there. And I think that's what people don't understand is that, man, there's a whole lot of love, man. There's yeah. a whole lot of family. There's a whole lot of really coming to the aid in situations where other people just don't care. Right. And, um, and so we, 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 we actually do have a question uh, from, um, from a listener in Delaware. Okay. Um, see if you can decipher um, uh, this. Um, it's a great question. Sure. Um, it said, what role do Muslim groups play in helping others such as those Muslims killed in Egypt? So kind of the idea, what I mean by deciphering, what, how do you look at that? Is there organizations that have that connection, you know, mm-hmm. kind of that diaspora connection to uh, Muslims around the world um, in helping and assisting? That's a... Uh a little bit of a tough question, mm-hmm. I think, because it, 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 I think you got to look at the circumstances, right? So, I mean, there, there is violence in all countries. I mean, we have violence in our own country. We've talked about it. I mean, there's a lot of gun violence and, and things of that nature. So I think in situations like that where it's a domestic issue, uh, perhaps not. However, uh, I can say that there is, there is an organization that I'm personally a huge fan of, Islamic Relief, mm-hmm. and they provide aid whenever there are natural disasters all over the country, all over the world. So in the U.S., when 
Hurricane Katrina hit or Hurricane Sandy or even when the tornadoes hit Oklahoma, Islamic Relief was on the ground with the Red Cross and with other organizations helping. Same goes for anywhere else in the world where they're needed. They're building wells in Africa to ensure people have clean drinking water. They're, they're on the ground in, in places like Turkey and Iran and other countries when earthquakes hits. Um, and they were actually, uh, about four or five years ago, the first... Uh, international relief organization to step foot in Iran when the earthquake hit over mm-hmm. there. So they're doing a lot of great work. Um, that, that's really what I know about that. So um, in my mosque are about 72 ethnicities. Okay. 72. Wow. I mean, we just said the African Americans are, 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 are the vast majority. Um, however, have, the reason I said that is because they're also first generation immigrants that, you know, they still have family. I have family in Syria. Mm-hmm. My mom is Syrian. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we take a humanitarian approach to any, um, any disaster that happens overseas. We deal with American charities, um, Islamic Relief, um, Adam just mentioned Islamic Relief, there's ICNA Relief, um, there are many other relief organizations that work overseas. Uh, we do uh, raise money for them in, 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 uh, in our mosque in order to um, help with the, uh, with the disaster. Um, many of our youth take a trip uh, overseas and serve in those refugee camps. Every summer, I have a one-month uh, vacations, vacation, so to speak, between <laughs> quote, and I spend that time with my family and other people in these refugee camps because I was a refugee at one time. Wow. So there's a lot of, you know, it's part of our faith to, mm-hmm. to um, uh, you know, we're one, one uh, nation, we say we are, we are, um, you know, one human mm-hmm. body, as the prophet have uh, elaborated, he says, "We're you're like this one body. If if one part of the body is hurting, then the whole body's hurting." Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what's so ironic to me uh, the um, the problem that people have with Islam. When I make this statement, I think either you're not you're 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 on another planet, or <laughs> you can't reason properly because most 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 victims of terrorism. Is, is Muslims. Right? And that's true. And so how can you come after, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Muslim people when they fall victim right. to a to a lot. So to me, help us react better to when we see something like this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for the average person that yeah. uh, knows nothing about the religion, knows anyone that's Muslim. How 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 can they better react and understand when tragedies like this happen? Well, you know, theologically, I want just to really qu- throw this quickly. Great. That Abraham married Sarah, mm. and so did Abraham married Hagar. Mm. So uh, Sarah begotten Ishmael. Uh, Sarah begotten Isaac for Abraham, and Sarah uh, and and Hagar begotten Ishmael. So Ishmael and Isaac are brothers from different mothers. So if you want to understand Islam, you understand a family. Yeah. Um, Isaac and Ishmael, eventually Prophet Muhammad comes from the progeny of Ishmael. And of course, Moses and Jesus comes from the progeny of Isaac. So we have the same laws. Anybody going to make fun of our laws or fight our laws or, you know, we're very charitable, just like Judaism and Christianity. We're very outreaching, just like um, like 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 um, um, other people. So, you know, when somebody perpetrate an, a, 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 a criminal act or violent act, um, and that person happened to be Christian, we don't blame the entire Christian Christian faith for that. And, you know, nobody came say, you know, Oklahoma City bombing Catholics ought to apologize for Timothy McVeigh or whatever it is. 
But somehow, when we perceive Islam as the other, when we perceive Islam as, you know, it's the, them people from over yonder, mm-hmm. if I could use that word on yeah. the air, you know, <laughs> we're brothers from different mothers. Yeah. You know, Hagar just happened to be African. Hagar yeah. happened to be Egyptian. Mm-hmm. And we have the same law. We have the same feelings. We're human beings at the end of the day. And, 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 and our reaction ought to be an outrage, whether the act, has been perpetrated by whomever mm-hmm. has been per- perpetrated. However, sometimes when a violent act happened, me as an American Muslim, I am robbed of my normal feeling of feeling sad mm-hmm. because I'm scared. Mm-hmm. You know, somehow, um, um, you know, we ought to be praying for the victims, and we do, but in some instances, as a minority, we have to go to red alert. Mm. So if the, if the perpetrator happened to have a Muslim name or something that is close to a Muslim name, we have to go to red alert. That means children will not play outside the Islamic school mm. that day. Mm. Yeah, and, and as you mentioned, I mean, it, it, it's good to uh, reiterate that, that the number one victims of the terrorism of groups like ISIS are Muslims themselves. So, I mean, we are victims of both terrorism and the hate that people project towards our community for that terrorism, um, which is which is really tragic. So ISIS, they may call themselves the Islamic State, but there's nothing Islamic about them at all. They don't represent our faith. They don't represent our religion. And every single action that they do that is criminal in nature goes against all the teachings of the faith. That's why it just boggles my mind. How can you, how can you think logically that any religion would promote violence mm. or promote hatred? Or that's not a religion. Yeah, that, that's not at all. Um, and, and and as the Imam said, that's the that's the one thing that you know I always tell people is that when nine eleven happened, my heart broke twice. Once as an American, and again as a Muslim, because I knew on that day that my life would change forever. And it did, you know, that I am no longer just Adam Sultani, uh, you know, from Kansas, uh, you know, moving to Oklahoma, but I have to always be identified as a Muslim. My wife and my children will always be identified as a Muslim. And that carries a certain burden and, and unfortunately risk with it. So I think if I were to say something to people listening, recognize that Muslims are human beings just like you. There are good and bad in all communities, in all, all societies, but the vast majority of the 1.7 billion Muslims in the world, that's a lot of people, yeah. the vast majority, 99.9% are just like you and me. Mm-hmm. Normal people just want to live a life, you know, raise their family, uh, hope that the Thunder win the championship, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Normal stuff. Man. And, and, you know, uh, um, ISIS and, any, and Al-Qaeda to Islam is like KKK to Christianity. That's the easiest way to look wow. at it. They're a fringe wow. element and nobody thinks they're mainstream. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, um, uh, you know, American Muslim scholars get threats from ISIS mm. and, you know, they get it from both sides. One of Oklahoma very own Imam Suhaib Webb, he gets threats from ISIS. He's on ISIS hit list and he is, you know, an American Muslim imam. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he gets threats from yeah. the other side as well. You know, I, I love the way you put that the KKK is just like ISIS when it comes to Christianity. And I mean, we would did we blame Christianity when Dylan Roof did what he did? No. no. Okay. I can give you an example from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all familiar with Alton Nolan and, oh, and yeah. that terrible crime he mm-hmm. committed when he beheaded the woman in Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
two weeks later. And, and, and when that crime happened, it wasn't about the crime. It wasn't about his mental state, which has been proven in court to be, you know, he's mentally incompetent. He cannot even stand trial. But Islam was to blame for that, mm. which is tragic. The whole mm. community, I mean, that, that was the worst 10 days of my life. Me mm. and the imam, we were stressing, my God, will something happen to our community? Two weeks later, a self-proclaimed Christian extremist. I mean, he defined himself this way, beheaded his roommate in still water mm, because that. of a religious difference. Mm. And it got one article in the paper. Mm. The Christian community wasn't held responsible. They weren't scared for their safety and security. And nobody should be. Absolutely. I, we just have to look at the differences. And then we need to ask ourselves, why have we created this atmosphere uh, in which Muslims don't feel at home in their own country? Man, and, and, and it's got to change. I mean, really, wow. it, it's, it's got to it's got to change. It's only going to change through conversations like this, through the activism that both of you are doing. One mic and one voice at a time. One mic, one voice <laughs> at a time. It. I love that. We're, we're available. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're running all over the place. I mean, we're available to come speak to any group. Well, talk about, uh, Iman, how, how can people get in contact with you um, if they want you to come in, speak? Uh, do a seminar. How, how should they how should they contact? They could contact me personally on my email, imadinshasi at gmail.com um, or um, isgoc.com. Um, we could find a speaker or I could go speak. Um, I was in church this morning. I'm in church. I'm more, I'm more in church than Christian folks every Sunday in the morning. You know, so I'm in church or, you know, sometimes I'm in a couple of churches. Um, people are curious. People want to know. And, and, and then, you know, um, our mosque is open as well. We could go to your church, to your synagogue, to your civic um, uh, center, whatever it is. Um, uh, we could talk for 10 minutes or do a two-hour seminar, whichever it is to, to, to get the, 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 uh, the message across. Or you could more than welcome. You know, I, I, I welcome people in the mosque all the time. Those are reasonable people who actually heard things in their church sometimes, and they want to come and ask the Muslims about mm-hmm. a certain belief. You know, I, I always kid around and I said, you will not go to, uh, you know, uh, you will not go to KFC and ask them about Big Mac. Right? <laughs> yeah. So if you want to ask not a Muslim, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's really fascinating for me that sometimes people want to learn about Islam from different sources. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those different sources are maybe not scholastic. Mm-hmm. They don't have the knowledge. We have many mosques and we have open houses all the time. Um, any groups more than welcome to come to the mosque, make an appointment, we'll come to the mosque, we'll take you for a tour, and we'll, you know, give you some hummus too, some baklava, hey, you know. Man, I would love that. And, and, <laughs> and you know, um, and we'll, we'll answer frankly and openly um, any question anybody has. Wonderful. And mm-hmm. you, Adam? Uh, our website, careoklahoma.com. That's C-A-I-R oklahoma.com. We've got tons of resources on there. We've got educational guides for educators, employers, healthcare providers. I uh, got information about our organization. You can contact us that way. We're also both on social media. I mean, I'm on Facebook, uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter and and Instagram and Snap. I do it all. You know, Imam's Facebook is full though, for the record. <laughs> for the record, yeah. <laughs> you could follow me. You could follow me. Yeah, you can follow him. Yeah, but you yeah, can't see, friend him. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm like still that. mad because I can't friend him, man. I don't, I don't know. What, man, you had to just delete somebody. I, just, <laughs> just let me know right. Let me let's let's coordinate. Delete. I'm just gonna delete. I'm gonna delete. Adam, I mean, I see him all the time anyway. Well, hey, you know, 
can we get this on the uh, One Mic page, too? If you can go ahead and um, just put the, your information on there yeah, for us. Sure, put sure. the website on there for us. And then um, we will um, we, we'll go from there. Sure. Um, it's uh it's been great having uh both of you on. Uh the, hold on a second. We do have said. a comment. Uh, okay. One of our listeners says the Murr building was uh, the second terrorist act in Oklahoma on Oklahoma soil. Uh nineteen nineteen, the rare sermon yes. not to distract from the topic, but felt that <laughs> needed to be mentioned. With the Muslim struggles uh relating to our struggles so closely. Terrorism relates to Muslims as the depiction of blacks relates to violence in the streets and killing of blacks. That's why we relate to the religion so strongly. Mm. Amen. Mm. Amen. I, I, I totally agree uh, with, with that statement. I speak, spoke about it many times. Um, I meant recent history. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, 1919, um, I think referring to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Black yeah. Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. 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 yeah, definitely. No one would deny the impact that that has had, not just on Tulsa, mm. Oklahoma, but on the nation and Absolutely. the world. But, folks, we're going to take a break. Thank you so much for being here on One Mic, One Voice. We look forward to having you back again. And thank you so much, man, for being on our 100th show. Definitely. I mean, you you know, that's, oh, man. They blessed it. Oh, man, they they blessed blessed it. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, hang in there. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Laura Gillott. And when I listen to podcasts, I always listen to the One Mic, One Voice show. This is DT of the One Mic, One Voice podcast. Just want to let you guys know you can go over to iTunes and search us at One Mic, One Voice and be sure to rate and review our episodes. Let us know about any feedback that you have and what you enjoy about the episodes. Also, you can go over to Stitcher where you can get the latest and freshest episodes of our podcast streamed directly to your smartphone or iPad. No downloading or syncing. How cool. Real smooth. Also, we'd just like to take the time to thank you for your time and for your energy and for spending time with us as we discuss the historical record of our time. This is Roxy Davis. And this is Deborah Burris. And we are the Roxy by Design Show. Our show is designed to bring healing as we share our stories while God redesign our lives. So take a ride with us. So you can find us at Podbean, iTunes, Facebook and Twitter, and blackinstudios.com. So thank you everyone for listening to the Roxy by Design Show. You have a blessed day. And we love you. Welcome back. Welcome oh, man. Back. Wonderful, wonderful um, interview. A lot of knowledge. Uh, two individuals that are doing amazing work um, in and outside of their own community. Just to hear the passion, D, of, um, of you know, really coming from them. And, uh, I mean... Man, the world would be a better place. I mean, I think it's just important to hear from the source sometime. You know, Absolutely. we have all these expectations and ideas and ways we think that things are happening. That's yeah. we may be so so far off base sometime that we just need to have a conversation with the with the with, with the, the source himself, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And with, so with uh, I think that's beautiful that they're able to to 
give us information, mm-hmm. education on how to react to certain situations and how to engage our communities with uh, different issues we see going on. So, and his analogies was right on point. Right on point. Right on point. I mean, but that just speaks to the caliber of guests we have here <laughs> on the One Mic, One Voice show. Well, brother, I want to reflect. Um, man, it's been 100 episodes. 100. I mean, one double O. Double O. <laughs> And uh, it's first of all, it's been a pleasure uh, to do each and every one of those um, alongside you. And, uh, you know, we 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 we've started out strong and we're still going strong. That's right. And I you know, when I look at our 100 shows, it has been, um, you know, when we talk about culturally, uh, we talk about politically, um, even when we deal with education, poverty, I mean, we we have a um, very diverse. It's very catalog, diverse, yeah. And um, and to put in that type of work, uh, it's not easy, folks. And I'm not patting ourselves on the back, but um, that's a lot of research. It's a lot of hard work, and it's a lot of dedication to the truth. Mm. I mean, um, I got a comment from a friend that said, you know, keep putting light out into the world. And that's really what we're trying to do, although it might be at an occasion challenging. But we're trying to disperse the darkness. Yeah. Right. The ignorance. Right. The hatred. Um, you know, um, you can change the world. It's your choice. It's your choice. Right. And that's where, where where we've been, man. So just just some thoughts on uh, on on this journey, man. This amazing journey that we've taken. Well, I have to say first of all that I feel a lot more comfortable now at one hundred <laughs> than I did at number one. Right. And even in my voice, you can tell, and in the way that I uh, deliver, I mean, it's, it's it's different. I'm sure there'll be more evolutions as we yeah. go forward. But uh, I've I've just really been able to be a student here mm-hmm. um, every week coming in and just dissecting the information and trying to get a better understanding. I think that that's the value in a show like this is that, you know, not only are we trying to engage a conversation, but we're mm-hmm. trying to educate. We're also trying to expand uh, our own minds about yeah. some of the things that are that are going on. And to be able to share that with somebody who is uh, balanced, mm-hmm. you know, is a lot easier because yeah. we're not coming in here every week and causing further confusion yeah. <laughs> so to speak yeah. it's like yeah. man i just heard a whole hour of <laughs> stuff that got me more messed up <laughs> right. and so uh, i think even in listening to us speak you can hear that we're trying our best to be um equal mm-hmm. in, in all parts and trying to, our best to be uh, evaluating situations in a fair way um that allows us to be able to build on the ideas and to build on the things that we are we're talking about and you know what? One thing that people always ask me is what, what, what is your best episode? You know? <laughs> and it's 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 hard because you know there's so much passion put into each and every one of them to say which one is the best, mm-hmm. right? Um, may, maybe it would be better to say you know which which one did you learn the most from mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. which would be. Really uh, interesting. I, I would if 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 I had to just pick. That sounds a like somebody coming from academia. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Which one did you learn? <laughs> right, right. I would have to say it's. Best. I would have to say it's uh, our part three series on white nationalism. Mm. Also, who created the ghetto? Mm. I thought that was extremely, Crucial. extremely, uh, 
you know, just educational and, and the way that we were able to dissect that, that level of history and, and to, to bring it about with that level of clarity, mm. I thought was, was really, really amazing. Um, uh, I'm going to throw one at you. Okay. Cairo, Egypt. Oh, man. I mean, Cairo was... That was a a different type of excellent. You you know, man, Cairo, uh, uh, you know, Cairo is one of those things where where you you don't expect, right? Right. I mean, you you never expect to be projected into (laughs) another country um, having a broadcast with, with students in Egypt. And so to me, that was just, that was out of left field, and it was yeah. amazing, man. I, I just, I mean, to hear those students and to spend that moment with them, okay, across the water, man, uh, was just, that, that was, I mean, yeah, if, if you say what, what really, you know, what was the most, I, I think, just exciting one that we never expected it was Cairo, Egypt. And I think for me, like, that was the one that kind of opened my eyes to the possibility. Because mm-hmm. even starting a show, it's like you don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, you have yeah. some plans. Yeah. You're going to put the information out there. But what become of it is up to the universe, right? And so this person yeah. reached out to us. Professor Mohash. Yeah. yeah he said, re- hey, yeah. you know, our students would love to hear you guys speak or and to give us some information about what you're doing. And I thought that was just like golden, man. <laughs> golden. Was, I mean, we can't write this stuff. And, you know? and the way it was set up where we had an opportunity to speak with each student, right, right. you know, with the chair never, never just coming up that. to the camera, you know, and just, you know, speaking, uh, you know, their heart and their mind and their aspirations. And, yeah, that that was an amazing, amazing And the way show. that the technology have just opened up the doors like that, yeah. you know, for, to make that so easy and possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know, I know, right, right, <laughs> technology, right, and um, but but again, you you can't, you know, you we, you can't talk about the one mic one voice show without mentioning uh, Bernadette Standis. Oh, I mean, you can't, you oh. can't, you can't, you know, celebrity of celebrities on the one mic one voice show back in the old studio. Oh wait, wait, wait. <laughs> No, Mike, listen, I'm kind of, I've been spoiled a little bit because we've been here at this nice, beautiful facility. Black and Studios is, is getting better every single time I come no in doubt. here. Uh, Rich is always up, upgrading. And we ain't upgraded. talked about the new table he just put in here. I don't even recognize the microphone. I'm like, man, what is this? It's got just like a dot on the, <laughs> a on the table. Just like talking to the dot. I'm like, wow. Right. Advancements. But, uh, yeah, even going back to us being at the Krill. Starting out at the man sitting on the couch with Thelma from Good Times. How could you Richard, ever imagine that? Richard had Thelma in his house. In his house, he oh still lives God. there. <laughs> Hold on, man. If you ever sell your house, you could be like, okay, Thelma from Good Times was actually in this house. You understand what I'm saying? Like that that <laughs> right. that could just bring up your market value really? right there. And you got right? pictures, you got proof and everything. And you still got the camera? I mean, no, hold on, I'm telling you, you still got the couch? Okay, yeah, 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 bro. That's an eBay. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you can make some money on. But but you know the thing about it is growing up watching her on TV, right? And then sitting next to her and she was so humble, mm. so kind. 
I mean, just down to earth, man. And, and, and we had just really started the show, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we had not been. I don't know what episode that was, but I mean, it, it wasn't like it was beyond fifty, right? Right, right. It was way. I think that even speaks to what we were doing, you know. Um, Absolutely. I mean, it. That was for them to seek us out and <laughs> wanted to get her on there. And you were kind of. I, I have to say, you were mesmerized. Come on, though, Mike. Are you going to bring it up? I'm just like. I mean, dude, we are recapping. I guess it's yeah. Okay. We do. You were like. I was like. Is the brother going? Is he going to pass out? The thing is I'm that like, is you were sitting like... next to her, right? <laughs> like side by side. So the eye contact is like not as crucial as it was. <laughs> Me sitting across from her. <laughs> You were like, and, um, I was like, is D like going to get him some water or something? Let me fan him off or something. <laughs> but her her and her husband, man, me and her husband have communicated since then, man. He's just a real cool dude. What episode was it? In between wow. in between six and seven. It didn't take long, did it? It didn't take long. <laughs> September 1st, 2015. Amazing. That was, that was amazing, man. And she called in mm-hmm. and, uh, and participated on the show there. We've had athletes on the show uh, that um you know i think have just added a different perspective to um to what's going on in that particular world right Mm -hmm. um amazing man uh amazing what we got d who do we have okay uh, on the show description from the celebrity episode, it says we had the wonderful privilege of interviewing Bernadette Stainis, aka Thelma, from the groundbreaking show Good Times. Bernadette is an American icon. Also, we interviewed James McKnight, mm-hmm. former NFL star, uh, Gerald Jones. Him and I went to high school together, no doubt. Uh, former college football star and uh, Zola Malik, mm. rapper, producer, and singer, musician. Cola, Cola. Yeah, Cola went off too on Cola that did. one, man. Yeah, yeah, he went off. He like broke the mic when he just <laughs> and uh, and um, you know. Wait, wait, wait! How could we bring up a musician without, without talking about the theme song? The theme song. We can go back. We can go back. Okay, who did shout the theme out song? to Josh K and Leah yeah. Marie? I mean, that's all I'm gonna say because yeah. they've been here. They've been here. Uh, been on the show. Um, we've shouted the them out song. multiple times. You hear them on our commercials <laughs> and everything, but I mean, they they really set the tone for the vibe that the that the, that the show creates uh, with that music. And it's beautiful because, uh, as as I I have said, uh, you know, countless times, I, I never I never gave them any indication of what we were looking for. I heard it first. And then I let DT, as he say, listen to a little snippet of it. I gave tripping. I gave everything I had tripping with the snippet, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like like say for instance, the song was like you know two minutes. Mike gave me like seven seconds. <laughs> like, I'm like really, Mike? <laughs> it's just like what? I'm like whoa, that was hot. But I want to hear some more. They did a terrific job. Uh, it's 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 it caught the essence of the show. Uh, we we bump our heads and thump our heads every time we hear it, folks. You can go out there. You can you can buy it on iTunes. You can get it on Spotify. Uh, it's it's available. Support the One Mic One Voice Show. Richard, what you keep doing, man? He was showing me that Cairo Egypt was our fifty-seven episode. Fifty-seven. Now you're mm-hmm. doing work. That's okay. You're doing work. Climbing up the ladder now. You're doing work. Okay, show us something else. You know, okay, wait a minute. Going back to just um, the, our previous guest, you know, we had our episode 75, okay. which was the enlightening, mm. the enlightenment. 
Okay. Um, and something that you talked about was when we were talking about Syria mm. and how the uh, language sometime of, of loss, you know, the, being that they identify people as refugees mm-hmm. or some type of terrorist group, it takes the, the humanity out of the situation yeah. where we're not looking at them as people anymore. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, you lose a, uh, a friend, a family member, mom, dad. I mean, that pain is the same. And yeah. that's something that he just said again. Uh, here talking to us today about um, the way that we deal with each other on a human level mm, absolutely. And, and how that is still something that is, is a recurring theme. Have we had any funny moments, man? I mean, like, you know, oh, like, my gosh, too many funny moments. I mean, <laughs> I mean, one thing that stick out to me right away is like a running theme of the show was the thing about the slingshot. And um, oh 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 yeah, my. that was just so like ridiculous, right? Now, I was trying to find something so I could, <laughs> I could I could see what that cat has been up to, but I, I couldn't find anything on him. But uh, I know that was that was something that we kept in house for for a minute. But you did um, have some follow up on some folks that uh, like where are they now or something? Right, right. Okay, so in our very first episode, we um, took a look at the life of uh, Rachel Dolezal, mm. who at the time was. Uh, portraying herself as a black woman yeah. and had yeah. come out and um, her parents pretty much came out and said, hey, she's she's white. <laughs> don't know what she's talking about, but we had her and we don't have any African-American blood in us. So, <laughs> so uh, that was that. And she, uh, to this day, is still mm-hmm. kind of keeping that theme alive, but she's got a a new perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Like to hit, hit, go. All right, so, so Rachel today is saying that she doesn't identify as African-American, She's like she's identifying as black. All right, so now nearly two years so after the whoa, 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 whoa. you confused me there. So she's no, identified. No, no, no. Like, listen, okay, listen, okay, Mike, okay, listen. Okay, listen. Okay. I don't identify. This is I'm quoting her, right? I don't identify as African American. I identify as black. She told Savannah Guthrie on Today mm. Monday, "I am part of the Pan African diaspora." That doesn't make any sense. To okay, me. well, it gets better. <laughs> Rachel also went along and, and had a name change uh, to fit her uh, African diaspora roots. Uh, she's now going by Nkichi Amare Diallo. Nkichi. Nkichi Amare Diallo. That sounds like something you eat. That is actually a very common African name. Nkichi? Nkichi, yeah. But... <sighs> I mean, any, any comments on that? I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it's it's all convoluted. I, I just, you know, <laughs> again. Um, so 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 she's part of the diaspora because she's black, but she's not African American, which speaks to the the definition, right? Uh, whether you care being American or or you're 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 um, um, African American, uh, Caribbean. African, uh, you, you know, I mean, it all speaks to that. The, the point is, is that black people have moved out of Africa around the world. So <laughs> I don't know how you I don't know how you make that distinction. Um, she said, I definitely feel like in America, even though race is a social construct, there is still a line drawn in the sand. There are still sides. Politically, there is a black side and a white side. And I stand unapologetically on the black side, <laughs> on the black <laughs> side, on the black side of things, you know, um, we did our fiftieth, man, celebrating our fiftieth. Uh, we had uh, folks call in, talk about, you know, where I'm yeah, going right now. 
All right, so we're going to actually have to lay this story to rest at some point. But it was just such a, 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 a capstone moment. I mean, you can't, like I said, you can't 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 write this stuff, man. We we actually mis miscalled someone, actually dialed the wrong number or something. <laughs> And uh, we actually got in touch with a little old lady in Florida. I know, I know, I know. I mean, and this lady was so sweet. I mean, she, I mean, not a care in the world, like, you know, trying to help us in any way she could, but it was her birthday. It was her birthday. And uh, being the good guys we are, we decided to sing her happy birthday. Man, that was amazing. That and was amazing. She was live on our show. For that day. And she had a Jewish accent. <laughs> and uh, she was just. Um, Man, just such a great sport, right? She didn't, she didn't, um, she didn't hang up the phone. Right. She like wanted to have this conversation. A, it reminded me of the Cat Williams, <laughs> right? The call situation. If you know what I'm talking no. about, you know what I'm talking about, right? You, you don't know, Richard. Okay, he might even call out his mohawk this morning. <laughs> okay, but anyway, yeah. oh man, that that was that was hilarious. Uh, but you know, I mean, it's been it's been such a a a, a wonderful ride. I mean, man, going to see uh, Harry Belafonte mm. uh, that was amazing. Mm. Uh, having a show talking about that, we can't forget hitting the Midwest. But, mm. You know, going to Milwaukee, Kenosha, Chicago. How can um, I forget about uh, Straight Out of Africa? Straight Out of Africa. Yeah, just back from the motherland. Back from the motherland. That was a great show, folks. We we have. You, you might say, well, what else can we talk about? Well, there's a million things <laughs> that we can talk about. But you know, moving forward, D, I'm, I'm just going to say for myself, um, you know. Uh, I think our goals are the same, to educate, enlighten, empower, and really try to uh, make this world a better place on whatever platform we can get on. Um, I want to, again, give a shout-out to our listeners, the folks that have been supporting this show. The thousands uh, across man, the That have been supporting this show, uh, providing your feedback on and off the mic, um, folks that have uh, used one mic uh, to draw strength from, uh, from the conversation, folks that have taken the conversation beyond one mic into their own communities, their own families, we just say thank you. Uh, thank you for staying with us. Thank you for believing in us, man. man. Um, because it's been a beautiful ride, brother. I don't know if we ever add another zero to it. It might take <laughs> it, it, it might take us a while to get there, huh? A thousandth show. Yeah. Uh, we just look to 150 for now. 150. <laughs> yeah. 150 for now. But folks, hey, listen, if you don't if you don't know this is the hottest podcast out there, you better tell somebody. Listen, go join Patreon. We 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 want you to get more engaged as we move beyond 100. Get more engaged with us. Go to patreon.com slash one mic, one voice. Hit us up on our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. Listen, um, download us on iTunes. Give your review. Share us. Help spread the word. Because we putting in the word. All you got to do is listen. Right? I mean, really, right? I mean, we, 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 I'm not asking you to do no research. We're right. giving it to you, right? All you got to do is listen and participate and just, look, share us. Share it. Share it. 
because um, um, one mic, one voice is here to stay. No, D, you got to give some closing closing. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I was telling Mike to close it out, <laughs> but no, no, I, I pretty much reflect every single thing you said, brother. I mean, this this is just a pit stop in where we're going, and so uh, I look at this as just another moment in history that we can look at and say, "Hey, time to keep going." And you know, there's so many folks we could have thanked. Mm. I mean, thank. Thank to all our guests that have mm-hmm. come on from far and wide that all have the called city community in. organizations, oh, absolutely and, um, venues that have allowed us to come out, absolutely and, uh, and set up, absolutely. You know, we 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 are indebted to those who listen to the show. But trust me, let me say this though: if we didn't have the show, me and DT would still we'll be talking. still be doing this. It's, that's the crazy part, right? That's how it all started. From day one, from sitting down at the lunch table. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you want to tell we had lunch at? No, we can't. They, they ain't paying us that. Okay, time. cool. If they want to pay us, we can tell. But. Okay, I'm going to call them and see what they do. <laughs> <laughs> from the times we sat and we had and we had coffee, man. Mm. Uh, from the times we sat and, and just, just, man, just checking up on one mm. another. Um, that's how one might. One voice was born out of a desire um, to change the world. You to change mine and me to change yours. Because history will speak of us. Somewhere in the distant future, a scribe will reach down deep into the archives of our time. And what will she find? Will she, just, will she find that we overcame our differences? Did she, will she find that out of many, we became one? Or will she find that we solved nothing and remain a divided peoples? Yes, history will speak of us. We can make a difference if we try. We can be the change that's in our lives. All we gotta do is work together. We gotta raise our children better We gotta stop the hate, stop the hate And spread the love One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice you can change the world, it's your choice, your choice. Today's broadcast is being brought to you by Black and Studios. To learn more about Blacken Studios, please visit them at blackenstudios.com or visit them on their Facebook page, Blacken Studios. Today's broadcast is also being brought to you by Perry Publishing and Broadcasting. To learn more about Perry Publishing and Broadcasting, please visit their website at perrypublishingandbroadcasting.net. The opinions of the One Mic, One Voice show do not reflect the views of Blacken Studios or Perry Publishing and Broadcasting. Thank you for downloading the One Mic, One Voice show.